0: hey everybody it is so great to have you with us today for worship i'm pastor chris and it is the most wonderful time of the year right well today we're starting a brand new sermon series that we're calling welcome to the neighborhood where we're going to be looking at the story of christmas and really how it came to be and and pastor james is going to start us off today by talking about the darkness the dark time that led up to the coming of Christ. And it's gonna be an awesome message and awesome service. So make sure that you check in on social media, let your friends know that you're worshiping here with us and and maybe start a watch party because who knows, who knows who might join you, who might catch the spirit of Christmas, but even more than that, be able to learn more about what a growing relationship with Christ is. So we are so glad you're here today. Um, If you have a chance, fill out a connection card at salemfields.com contact it's a great way for us to connect with you especially wherever you are whether you're here in virginia or elsewhere even worldwide so again welcome we are glad you're here and let's get ready to worship
1: a song that stirs the spirit and it calls the heart to life. It's the anthem in the making. Can you feel it start to rise? Can you hear the generations getting louder over time? Every son and every daughter singing out into the night. It's not time to be silent, don't you dare hide your light. There's a world outside your window, so don't let it pass you by. Lift your hands to the heavens, lift your voice. I can hear that drum be pulsing and it's calling you and me. I can hear the world awaken, oh the sound is heavenly. Every tribe and every nation singing Jesus I believe. It's not time to decide. See the strongholds break in the blink of an eye. Death in all our sin, nowhere in sight. For the Lord, He is alive. See the lost return from the dead of the night. See the captive free, every chain left behind. Have you ever seen such a beautiful sight? All the world coming alive. See the world light up one heart at a time. See the strongholds. Breaking the pink of an eye, in all our sin. Lord, we're inside for the Lord, He is alive. See the lost return from the dead of the night. Every captive, free, every chink of the eye. Have you ever seen such a beautiful sight of oh, the oh, world? Oh.
2: Welcome to Salem Fields this morning. Everybody online, welcome. Glad you're here. Please have a seat. Uh, You've been here long enough. You don't need an invitation. Come on. So, hope you're having a great day. Hope everybody's feeling good after the tryptophan, all the turkeys been rammed down your throat for the past couple of days. Anybody making soup out of their carcass? That doesn't sound as appealing as it it came out in my mind, but... (laughs) At any rate, yeah, no, I'm, I'm making a turkey soup, and so I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. I'm uh, so glad you're here. We're going to be taking tithes and offerings as normal. We're not passing buckets, as you know, but we do provide you with an online resource. That's really the best way to do it, honestly. Um, it's no touch, makes it simple, it's really consistent and quick. If you happen to be writing a check or cash, if you do cash, by the way, help yourself by filling out an envelope and placing it in there so you can use the tax deduction. As long as we're able to do that, we might as well take advantage. But you can pop those inside the boxes outside, any of the of the giving stations and kiosks outside, or use the machines outside as well, as you know. Um, we want to remind you about the Thanksgiving offering. So far, we've collected 24000 and some change out of the 50000 total. So it's moving along pretty well, so feel free. Uh, if you haven't given, you're welcome to fill out a card. One of the folks in the green shirt can get you a card. That's a pledge card, which just means... I promise you that I will pay you this by a certain amount of time. There's a, the baskets right over there, or you can drop that in one of the giving kiosks. Wait, I'm getting some new information. Oh, Pastor James says that any, any amount given, he will match it dollar for dollar um, today only. Which wait, Two to one. I'm sorry. I, did, I didn't hear you clearly. That mask garbled. So what a great day, folks. Anything you give, so write that $10,000 check, and let's see what Pastor James can do. So anyway, I'm just kidding. Folks online, because it's on TV, it's real. But here in the audience, we know it's not real. So uh, that's totally okay. Uh, don't forget to check in on social media. You know how to do that by now if you don't ask somebody younger than you and, uh, and they should be able to help you with that. So that'd be easy. Um, contact form, salemfields.com front slash contact. That's a way for us to uh, keep tabs on you, which we are prone to do. You know, the church very nosy and, uh, and it's harder to do now in COVID. So you need to help us help ourselves, feed the machine, right? We need your information so we can thrive. It makes us feel powerful. And so uh, help us do that. But seriously, that's how we pray for you. That's how we reach out to you. Um, If you have prayer requests, you can, you can certainly fill out a card online or uh, email info at Salem Fields or care at Salem Fields. There's a million ways. Really just type any word at SalemFields.com and you should get somebody here. And we'll be glad to help you. All right, coming up, we have a wreath decorating for the, uh, the Family Connect and the journey. On the 7th and the 14th, which is Mondays, from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., we're gonna have wreaths available outside the front doors. Come grab one of those during that time and then take your picture after you've made your Frankenstein at home, whatever wreath you can concoct, take the picture and post it to the Facebook page of the Family Connect or Journey. And we would love to have the world see how creative you are. So that's just a cool way to share the hope of the season, right? And, uh, and get something for you to be able to hang up on your wall. Just one more decoration. I know you all want that. Speaking of the 14th, we, have, we are celebrating Blue Christmas, which means we're helping Spotsylvania County Sheriff's Department help underprivileged kids in the area. If, we have some school teachers in here now, I know, in, in, in every service, but we're reminded every year just how many students live in the uh, hotels in the, the short-stay areas over there on Route 1 and so in that surrounding area. A lot of those kids get no Christmas whatsoever. So the Spotsylvania County Sheriff's Department partners with us and a few other churches and places To provide that, all we're asking for are $25 gift cards to Walmart or Target and drop those off hard deadline by the 14th because they need to distribute them and that's a pretty big job. So whatever you get, any one of the giving kiosks or boxes outside, drop your card in. we'll get that to them and then they'll get that to those kids. Great way to provide something special for people. Also, we we support the Thurman Brisbane Center this time of year as well, uh, quite often amongst other places. There's a little tree right outside the double doors here that's got ornaments, grab an ornament, that ornament represents a human being that's over at the Thurman Brisbane Center. And this year we're supporting the men. Uh, I know it seems crazy, but a lot of times the the ladies and the kids get lots of presents from the area, churches and different organizations, and uh, and the men kind of get left in the cold. So this year we're going to help them out, right? Take a card, bring it back by the 20th. Uh, that's the gift that's wrapped up by the 20th, and we will distribute it to them, spread a little love and cheer, just like we're getting ready to do with our next song. That's a segue. <laughs>
1: could you win our hands so far. And so you want me, when I lose sight of where you are. But it only took a moment with you, a glimpse of life with purpose. side say
2: Father, thank you so much for, Lord, just all that you've done for us, God. I just we have this Thanksgiving holiday, Lord, and it means different things to so many different people, but I just pray, Father, today that each one of us would be reminded no matter how bleak things are around the world, no matter how desperate they may seem, no matter how out of control they may be in our lives, God, one thing is certain, and that is the hope of Jesus Christ. One thing is certain, and that is the sovereignty and the exaltation of your name. And one thing is certain, that if we place our trust in you, our future is secured, no matter what happens around us, God. So I pray that every person here, Father, everybody watching online, all those people that may see this on replay, Lord, would not leave this space today. Regardless of how or when they're watching it, Father God, your Holy Spirit is falling upon us constantly, reminding us of who you are, reminding us of who we are, and providing an avenue of hope, God. Let no one leave this place, Father, without recognizing that they do not have to leave desperately or wanting. But, Lord, that we can walk out of this place as we celebrate this march to the greatest turning point in all of history when you entered into the battle physically, God. Let no one leave this place without the hope of the salvation of your name, your exalted, wonderful, powerful, beautiful name, God. And as we just meander through this life, as we are are rife to do quite often, Lord, and, and just focus around us on the struggles and the things that are falling, Father God, let us please be reminded to be thankful and hopeful. And God, we look forward to hearing from you today. I anoint your messenger, James, with your Holy Spirit and ask you to make him a vessel today for your truth, your hope, your grace, and your light. And may it spread from this place outward. In the name of Jesus, amen. Have a seat.
3: Well, it's good to see you this morning on this, uh, this completion of a Thanksgiving weekend. Let me take a poll this morning. And if you're online, you can just kind of chat, put it in the chat box online. How many people have already decorated for Christmas? Go ahead and put those hands up. Yeah, OK, so I see some of you out there have already decorated for Christmas. How many people need to decorate for Christmas still? How many people are now at, at my house? What we do is we wait till after Thanksgiving. We wait till after Thanksgiving. So today I will go home and I will, uh, Jay and Rosie will uh, join me and we will get excited about decorating for Christmas. Well, we are entering that season here at Salem Fields. You might have noticed that when you got in this morning, saw some of the decorations and some of the things that we do here at at the church. And I hope that you will participate in some of the outreaches that we're doing. In fact, I hope you will participate in all of the outreaches that we're doing, whether you're online or you're here in the auditorium, uh, because we want to take the message of hope to anyone and everywhere this Christmas season. And this is the perfect time to do it because people have the tendency to be looking for hope during this season. Let me say something else to you. Would you take the opportunity sometimes this Christmas to invite someone to come with you to this building or join you online uh, th- during one of these Christmas Uh, services coming up. So take the opportunity to invite someone. Our stats tell us that 80% of the people, people when they are invited to an Easter service or Christmas service, whether it's online or whether it's in person, they show up. So all you gotta do is invite them. Tell them to join you online or in person uh, for this season. Have you ever cut down a tree in your yard? We uh, have a yard, and in our backyard, we have a number of trees. And some of those trees have gotten taller, they've gotten older, and every now and then you have to cut down a tree or two. Now, when we moved to our property, there we were a couple of trees already cut down, and there were some stumps there, right? And we cut down a number, a number of trees because the leaves would fall on the deck, and then they would become a problem, and so we decided to cut them down. Now, when you cut down trees, you can leave the stump there, or you can remove the stump. And because it costs so much money to remove a stump, it's, it's ridiculous how much money it costs. Sometimes you just leave it there. And, and uh, no doubt you've seen this. When you leave a stump there, you have what you have little shoots that will sometimes come up on that stump. Have you ever seen that, the little shoots that come up? It's amazing to me that the whole tree will be cut down. And you'll look at the stump, and the stump will be barren, but this, there's this little shoot that begins to come up out of that stump. And that's when I know it's time to get a stump grinder to come in and grind that stump out so I don't have to deal with the little shoots and have to always go back and remove them. Well, this morning we're going to find out that a little shoot is not always the worst thing in the world because this morning we begin our Christmas message series called Welcome to the Neighborhood. And today's message is entitled, A Branch Springs Up in the neighborhood, a branch speaks, springs up in the neighborhood, and it's coming from the Old Testament book of Isaiah that foretells that foretells the coming of the Messiah. Now, if you if you want to understand a little bit of context in this, I would invite you to read go, when you get home today. Read Isaiah chapter ten verses thirty three through chapter eleven verse eleven verses ten. Now, I'm not going to share all that with you because I would be reading forever, but if you want some more context, that's where you go. Our main text for today is Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 to 10, which speaks of this prophecy of a branch. Now, this branch narrative is so important to the Messianic prophecy. If you turn to Jeremiah 23 and you would read verse 5, you will see that Jeremiah was prophesying about the coming of a branch. So, so strap on your seat, belts and we're getting ready to drive into dive into the word together and go on a journey that foretells the first Christmas. Here's what Jeremiah 23:5 says Time's coming, God's decree, when I will establish a truly righteous David branch, a ruler who knows how to rule justly, he'll make sure justice and keep the people, he'll make sure of justice and keep the people. United. So, this idea of a branch is an important theme. It's an important theme when we talk about the coming of the Messiah. So, here's the context. Once again, God's people are in the threat of invasion, of an invasion um, uh, as this kind of predominant kind of context in this first chapter of Isaiah. The rule of wicked or the ru- rule of kind of foreign kings, uh, an alliance with the Assyrians. And the question as to whether Israel is going to side with God or is Israel going to continue to kind of commit adultery with other gods and, and play with other foreign powers. In Isaiah chapter 10. Verses 33 and 34, we see this picture of God's judgment on the Assyrians. So God comes in and God takes this powerful kingdom, this powerful empire, and he he places judgment on it. And then as we continue to verses 1 through 10 of Isaiah 11, we're going to hear the promised words of hope. Let me, state, let me set the stage for you for this series, Welcome to the Neighborhood. Let me set the stage for you this morning for this move into the neighborhood by speaking of some of the darkest days in the neighborhood. Some of the darkest days for the people of God. Every great rescue story has a dark time, a time when it seems that hope is all lost, evil reigns, and enemies cannot and will not relent. But every great story also has a hero that saves the day. But before we get there, I want to trace God's move into the neighborhood back to the beginning. So go with me on a journey into the neighborhood's dark past. The beginning of the darkness starts in Genesis. You wouldn't think so. Genesis is where God first creates the heavens and the earth. He calls things into existence. He speaks and it happens. God God has created everything. And God says everything is good. Everything is perfect. But that's when the darkness starts. It starts when our foreparents decide to trade light and paradise for darkness do the disobedience and selfishness but even in the beginning of the darkest days Even in the beginning of the darkness of our story, in Genesis 3.15, God promises that a descendant is coming who would be a light in the darkness. It's as if God was saying for the very first time to his people, I am committed to moving into the neighborhood for your salvation. That's good news for us because we can live in dark times we can live amongst darkness and we can we can see darkness all around us and we see disease and and death and dying and war and pain and hatred and, and even in the midst of all that, God is always saying, I'm moving into the neighborhood. That's good news for us because every one of us who, who calls ourselves a Christian, every one of us that calls ourselves a belonger, is because of God's move into the neighborhood. Here's what Genesis 3.15 says. It's looking forward. I'm declaring war between you and the woman. God is talking to the serpent, the serpent who's come into the garden, the serpent who has, who has uh, deceived the woman and, and, and had her eat of that which God has called her not to eat of. That serpent, God says to him, I am declaring war between you and her offspring He'll wound your head. It's the first promise. It's the first step that God is moving, making a move into the neighborhood, that he's planning to save his people. It's a victory. It's a battle that will end in victory, but it's a battle that also ends with the hero dying. And then in Isaiah 7, 14 is where the Lord says, watch for this. Here's the promise. Watch for this. A girl is presently a virgin, will get pregnant. She'll bear a son, and she'll name him Emmanuel, God with us. It's as, if, it's as if God is saying to his people, I am so committed to my move into the neighborhood, to fulfill my promise to David. I'm preparing to bring the heir of David into the world through a virgin so that his kingdom and rule will last forever. And so it begins. It's a sign of a, a virgin bearing a baby to be king. But, but of course, the very idea of, of a king being born of a virgin raises all sorts of questions. It raises all sorts of, of questions and concerns about a, a dynastic uh, a, um, legitimacy. And, of course, we know what happens with the story of Mar- Mary and Joseph and Jesus. I mean, Mary comes home and she says, I'm pregnant And first Joseph doesn't believe her, and then she comes home and no one in the town believes her. And and Joseph doesn't believe her so much so that he he plans to kind of put her away quietly because, because the very fact that she's pregnant could mean her very death. And so it wasn't this nice, clean story that we would like it to be because it's a story in midst of the darkness, there's all kinds of things that people are say about Mary and all kinds of things they say about Jesus. It's really a real strange way to bring hope into a dark neighborhood. I, 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 I'm going to get a, a, there's going to be a, a version who gets pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And, and that version is going to, is going to birth the hero in the midst of the darkness. He came into the darkness of the neighborhood. Isaiah 9:67 speaks of this child. For a child has been born to us, the gift of a son for us. He'll take over the running of the world. His names will be Amazing Counselor, Strong God, Eternal Father, Prince of Holiness. His ruling authority will grow and there will be no limits. To the wholeness he brings, he'll rule from the historic David throne over the promised kingdom. He'll put the kingdom on firm footing and keep it going with fair dealing and right living, beginning now and lasting always. And the zeal of the God of the angel armies will do this. It's as if, as, as if the Lord is saying once again, I am so committed. I am so committed to my move into the neighborhood to rescue my people who are now walking in darkness, who are walking in gloom and strife, that I will send a child, my only son, into the world, who will be their peace. That's good news. There are people who are living in the midst of strife, who are living in the midst of darkness and shame and sin and guilt. But Jesus came into the neighborhood a long time ago prophesied by Isaiah that he would come and be the prince of wholeness. A sign of hope and peace? A a, a virgin giving birth, a sign of hope and peace? It, it, It doesn't make any sense. It's such a messed up way to supply hope. A child weak. I mean, no one thinks of a child bringing much into the world. A child is weak. Wouldn't it be so much easier to have some conquering king ride out of heaven? But no, he sends a child in weakness. A hero dying in a battle that ends in victory? Unbelievable. Doesn't make any sense. The hero doesn't die in a victory. When the hero dies, it's usually a defeat. A king being born of a virgin? No, a child, a sign of hope and peace. And then there's the promise of a branch. Is this as if the Lord is saying once again, I'm so committed. I'm so committed to my move into the neighborhood, to restoring the deforested wilderness of my people, that I'm going to raise up a sprig in a stump, a branch, a tiny sprout, and a clear-cut forest. It's this sign that, that God is going to move into the neighborhood. Listen to Isaiah 10, 33 through 34. But now watch this. The master, God of the angel army, swings his axe and lops off the branches, chops down the giant trees, lays flat the tiring forest on the march. His axe will make toothpicks of that forest. That Lebanon-like army reduced to kindling. So God comes in and he, and he, and he practices his, his revenge on the Assyrian army and he, and he chops that Assyrian army down. That unbreakable force, that force that seems like it's unbeatable, God comes in and he passes judgment on it. The picture of Isaiah 10:33-34 is a picture of judgment. It makes sense. God is showing his might. He's, he's chopping down the mighty forest that's represented by Assyria. But it's a strange sign of hope, isn't it? Imagine, if you will, a clean-cut forest, and all that you can see is chopped down trees. As far as your eye will go, just chopped down stumps. All the trees are gone, just stumps left, and the sign of promise in this passage is a little... Sprig coming out of a tree trunk—that's a sign of hope. And you say that's so. That's so. That's so normal. That that's we see that all the time. And God uses this. He uses this to say to His people, "I am so committed. I am so committed to moving into the neighborhood on your behalf that this branch will be the sign." God's sign of promise to his people. In Isaiah 11, he goes on to talk about that. Here's what it says. A green shoot will sprout up from Jesse's stump, from his root, a budding branch. The life-giving spirit of God will hover over him. The spirit that brings wisdom and understanding. The spirit that gives direction and builds strength. The spirit that instills knowledge and the fear of God. Fear of God will be his joy and delight. He goes on to say he won't judge by appearances like we're used to being judged. We're used to being judged by appearances. He won't judge by appearances. He won't decide on the basis of hearsay. He won't be a rumor monger. He won't be a person that listens to what people say about you. He'll judge the needy by what is right. He'll render decisions on earth's poor with justice. In the world where the poor and the needy are left out and looked over, not with this branch. His word will bring everyone odd attention. The mere breath from his lips will topple the wicked. Every morning he'll put on sturdy work clothes and boots and build righteousness and faithfulness in the land. And then he begins to show this picture of what will change he says, the wolf will romp with the lamb, the leopard sheep. Sleep with the kid. Calf and lion will eat from the same trough, and a little child will tend them. Cow and bear will graze the same pastures. Their calves and cubs grow up together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. Their nursing child will crawl over rattlesnake snake dens. The toddler will stick his hand down into the hole of a serpent. Neither animal nor human will kill. On my holy mountain, and the whole earth will be brimming, brimming, brimming with knowing God alive, a living knowledge of God, ocean deep, ocean wide. On that day, Jesse's root will be raised high and posted as a rallying banner for the peoples, and the nations will come to him. His headquarters will be glorious. And so he begins to talk about do you see the irony of the passage? As the ancient Christmas is foretold, as this move into the neighborhood is prophesied. So there's a, there's a couple of good things that I want to drag out of this passage for you today. A couple of insights I want you to write down. I want you to take notice as we look at the darkness and head towards the light next week. The first part is in verses 1 and 2 where we see kind of the family origin or the ancestry or the legacy of the branch. And then, the, then we see the legacy and endowment or the richness of the branch. And then 3 through 5, we see the rule of the branch. And, and then in verses 6 through 9, we see kind of the new world this branch will bring about. And finally, in verse 10, we see the worldwide significance of the branch Let's talk about the ancestry of the branch. I went to Ancestry.com, and and I I figured something out that I can trace every person by the name of Hayward, H-E-Y-W-A-R-D. You can trace them all back to one of the islands off of Charleston, South Carolina. Every, every athlete you know with H-E-Y-W-A-R-D, my last name, everyone you can trace back to that little island off of Charleston, South Carolina. It's amazing what you can do on sites like Ancestry.com. You can basically look up and see the origin of your family. Well, it's very interesting that the, the, the prophet, people who are prophesying tie this branch back to its ancestry. Listen to what it says. Uh, a green shoot, shoot will sprite up from Jesse's stump. Meaning this comes out of the house of Jesse. From his roots, this budding branch. And, and so he ties it back to Jesse, fulfilling the promise that was made a long time ago that one day there would be a king that would sit in the house of David that, whose kingdom would never pass away. So the stump of Jesse refers to King David's lineage. It alludes to God's raising up a king in the line of David who will not be like Ahaz. Now, let me help you understand who Ahaz is. Ahaz is a king. He's a king. uh, He's one of the kings, and he comes to the throne at age 20. And immediately upon Ahaz's ascension to the throne, he had to meet a coalition of other kingdoms that wanted to form an alliance with him so they could fight against the mighty Assyrian army. The prophet Isaiah comes to Ahaz and says to him, "Don't, don't join any alliances. Trust in God. God's going to provide a, a way for you. And and if you want to know if this prophecy is true, let me give you a sign. But but Ahaz decides that he doesn't want to test God, and, and so he refuses to sign. And Isaiah replies to Ahaz." I'm going to give you a sign anyway, and here's the sign: a child, a child will be born, and his mother will name him Emmanuel, God with us. But Ahaz doesn't does not listen, and and instead of heeding the advice of the prophet, Ahaz decides to go and join the Assyrian king. And sure, it works at first. At first, Ahaz never has to deal with all of the pressures and all of the troubles that the Syria and Jordan and Israel, excuse me, has to deal with he never has to deal with any of those. He's protected. But in line in coverage for that protection, he has to go and bow down to the king of Assyria. and he goes there and he pays tribute to him, and he looks into the temple. The Assyrian temple, and he sees an altar that he really likes. And he brings that altar back to his, to his temple, and he begins to worship in the Assyrian way. And he totally destroys the worship that God has called his people, called his people to, totally destroys it. Well, Damascus, Damascus. And, and uh, falls, and Israel falls, falls to Assyria. Second King, Second six to thirteen records that Ahaz not only changes the worship and begins to worship Pharaoh, false god, or leads the people in worshiping false gods, but he even he even allows his son to walk through the fire as a, as a tribute to the god Moloch which was forbidden to do. And so when the Bible talks about that this king will not be a king like Ahaz, you need to understand that Ahaz led the people into idolatry. But Isaiah prophesies that there's a king coming who will have knowledge and fear of the Lord Let's talk about the rule of the branch. And then he rules as described in verse three through five, He rues with the fear of God, and the fear of God will be his joy and his delight. The fear of God, let me talk about that for a second. This is not I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. This is a holy awe, a holy reverence of God, a holy worship of God, this sense where we know that God is holy, we know that he's holy, and and we have this reverence and this respect for God. In a day and age where God is our best friend and our BFF and all of that, kind of stuff. There's this sense of, of reverence that sometimes we're missing. I love to talk about reverence and relationship makes the best Christians in the world reverence and relationship. And he says that this new king will not be like Ahaz. He will have reverence and a relationship. He will not judge with the eyes or the ears. He won't go by hearsay. He won't judge by appearances he will take care of the poor. He will deal with the wicked. He will be a righteous king, a faithful king. Verse 5 says it like this. Each morning he'll pull up his sturdy work clothes and boots and he'll build righteousness and faithfulness in the land. So what will what will this, this rule of the branch, it will be a faithful ruling. What will the branch bring? Verse 6 through 9 says it like this. The wolf will romp with the lamb, the leopard sleep with the kid, calf and lion will eat from the same trough and the little child will tend them. What does it look like? It's a day when all the carnivores become herbivores or whatever herbivores and it's a day when no killing and no fighting and no stress and no hatred, all of it disappears. What does it remind you of? It reminds me of Eden. It's a return to Eden a place where hatred and sin has not entered. And so he, he basically prophesies that when this, one day this king is going to come and he's going to rule with righteousness and all of the stuff that we see in our world, all of the darkness will disappear and it will be this kind of Edenic picture. The king is going to bring an Edenic condition to the world. He's a stump of dressy. He's in David's line. He's a Davidic king. He delights in the Lord and he'll change everything. Here's the good news there's a day coming. He, it's, it's almost like he prophesies uh, uh, for the, the move into the neighborhood, and then he and then he talks about this king whose kingdom will reign, whose kingdom will continue to go on, whose kingdom will last forever, and this kingdom will bring about this new day that we see in Revelation where he'll wipe every tear from our eyes, pain gone, crying gone, death gone, all the old order of things gone. And this kingdom is not just about the people of Israel. It's not just about uh, the, uh, the, the nation back then he be talks, begins to talk about this worldwide significance, that this kingdom will be set up for everyone, which includes you and I. And way back then, way back then, Isaiah was prophesying that you and I would gather in a place like this online or in this building, that there will be Gentiles that, that gather in on, be, uh, in on this kingdom as well, that they're, they're part of the kingdom as well. One day, Jesse's root were raised high, posted as a rallying banner for the people. The nations, not just the nation of Israel, the nations will all come to him. The Apostle Paul quotes in Romans 15, this verse in Romans 15, as a reason why he wants to go to the Gentiles, that's you and I, to share this gospel all the way to Spain. Why? Because the branch that he serves, the king that he serves, is the king of the nations, the people, the Gentiles. And so in this unique passage is in contrast to the unfaithfulness and unrighteousness of Ahab, the bad king. And God says, I'm so committed to my people. I'm so committed to moving in the neighborhood That I'm going to send a king who will reign forever and ever, and he will set right the wrongs of the wicked kings. You know, if if God said, here's your hope, that your sign, your sign for hope is going to be this, this sprout in the forest of stumps, you might say it doesn't sound like much. Well, interestingly enough, this branch prophecy plays out in the New Testament as well, do you remember in Matthew 2? Remember Matthew 2 when uh, when someone goes, when someone goes to uh, to one of the disciples and says, Jesus is Nazareth, he's here, we believe he's Messiah, and, and, and the person says, Nazareth? <laughs> Hardly. What good comes out of Nazareth? Matthew 2:23. On the right, we settled in the village of the Nazareth. The move was a fulfillment of the prophetic words, he shall be called a Nazarene. When you understand the picture. Was he saying that, that, that Nazarene, he should be called a Nazarene, was in the Old Testament? No, that's not what he's saying. But this word with, that, that, that is pictured as branch, this word that is, is it, it, for branch rhymes with this word for Nazarene. It's this idea it's the idea that this branch was coming forward and he wouldn't look like much and, he, and people wouldn't expect much from him. Isaiah goes on to say his, his visuals, his looks gave us nothing to think that he was anything special. Remember that. He's prophesying about Jesus. His looks didn't do it for him, but he's a righteous king. Isaiah tells us, There's nothing that would attract him to us. He came in lowliness. He came in poverty. He came in weakness of flesh. And yet he's the branch prophesied by Isaiah, the one who would move into the neighborhood, who would save his people, who would set up God's kingdom for all people, Jews and Gentiles alike. No matter who you are and where you come from, the kingdom is for you. No matter where you are this morning, no matter what your situation, no matter what you did last night, the kingdom is for you. No matter what people have said about you, no matter whether you don't fit in and and people don't care about you, if people put a blue light special price tag on you, the kingdom is for you. And Jesus and, and God was saying way back through the prophet Isaiah, way back in the past, that one day I'm going to bring a branch, a shoot that will come out of a stump. And, and, and it's in that branch that, I, that I, I, I'm giving you hope. It's in that branch that I'm bringing you salvation. That, that whole forest of stumps reminds me of another scene in the Bible. It reminds me of the scene of the valley of dry bones. Maybe you remember that scene in Ezekiel. There's nothing there. They're all dried up. The bones aren't just dry. They're dry. There's no flesh. There's no tendon. There's no muscle, just dry bones. And, 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 and the prophet goes inside of that situation And it seems like there's no hope. And God says to the prophets, Speak. Speak to the Spirit. Our land sometimes is like cut up stumps, people in darkness, people who know nothing about the branch, people who don't understand the prophecy. People don't understand that that God was moving into the neighborhood. And we have an opportunity this Christmas to introduce him to the God who moved into the neighborhood. That's why I said to you at the beginning of this message, invite someone, someone that knows you and that you know, someone that's an acquaintance of yours needs to hear of the one who was prophesied a long time ago, a stump that would shoot up, on which a king, a kingdom would rise up, that would be a kingdom for the whole world. So I don't know what's happening in your life right now, but wherever you're going through besides COVID-19 and all of his frustrations and all of his deaths and dying and sickness and inconveniences, this opportunity to trust in a God who made a prophecy a long time ago and then fulfilled his prophecy by moving into their neighborhood. It's not just simply looking at external experiences or the outside stuff or an external appearances. The challenge is the, to, to found, to, to ground our faith in something bigger than what we see all around us. It, it, it's, it's the challenge is to ground our faith in something bigger more than the darkness, more than chopped off stumps that are around us. The challenge is to trust the God who said he was going to move into the neighborhood. And here's the great news. God was prophesied to move into the neighborhood. God moved into the neighborhood, and God is moving into the neighborhood. God came, right? And God is coming and so, whatever your situation is, there's no forest too dead, there's no there's no um, sin too bad. There's 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 nothing so messed up in your life that God can't shoot up a sprig in the midst of the dead stump of your life, and bring new life, and move into your neighborhood. He looks like a little sprig, a little sprout a little branch, because after all, he's called a Nazarene. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for the promise that in the midst of our darkness, you come and you move into our neighborhoods. In the midst of our tough situations, Father, Lord, may we remember a little stump with a sprig coming out of it, the sign that you were so passionate about moving into the neighborhood that you would bankrupt all of eternity to move in and be with us. But Father, we're reminded that we live in darkness and we're called to be light. And so, Father, this morning, Would you help us to ground our faith and our eternity in the promise of a sprig that would be your sign that you're coming? Father, we have a challenge to live our lives in such a way that our lives also prophesy of a sprig, a shoot, that our life prophesies that you did come and that you did move into a neighborhood and you moved into our own neighborhoods and our own lives and our own hearts. And what you've done for us, you want to do for people all around us. Would you help us? Maybe someone's here today in the auditorium or online who's listening to this message. And you don't know about the God who moves into the neighborhood. You don't understand what all that means. John 3.16 says it like this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him need not be condemned, but can have whole and everlasting life. He didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but he came into the world so that by him they might be saved. And so today, if you're listening to this message and you don't have a relationship with the Savior of the world, you can pray a prayer like this. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your message of salvation, of moving into the neighborhood. Now come and move into the neighborhood of my heart. Forgive me. Help me, save me. Maybe you're here today and you've forgotten how special that prophecy is. You've forgotten about the shoot. Today we recommit ourselves afresh and anew to your promise to move into our neighborhood and to make a difference in our lives so that we can make a difference in other lives. We pray this in your name. Remember the promise in the midst of the darkness.
0: Well, it's been so great to worship with you today. And please don't hesitate to reach out. You can contact Pastor James at Salemfields.com. Or if you have any questions about Salem Fields, about the church, or even ways to get connected, just reach out to info at salemfields.com. And know that we are here for you, especially during this Christmas season. So make it a point that even in the midst of darkness, that you are a source of light. So God bless. Have a great week. And we hope to see you for the next installment of the series next week.